Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to the Tour Report from Secret Golf. This week, we're in Elk's home state of Texas for the AT&T Byron Nelson. We have so much to talk about, actually, for the tournament this week. I'm Diane Knox, and Steve Elkington is here. But first, we are going to look back on the Wells Fargo Championship at Quail Hollow. And Elk, I think it was a tournament that threw up, on one hand, many surprises, but then on the other hand, with the eventual champion, really... No surprise at all. Yes. Uh, good morning to you, Diane. We did talk about Rory McIlroy last week, uh, being that we couldn't put him in our list because we didn't know his status as far as working on his swing, uh, changing his swing action, all that. But we did say that, you know, this course, normally speaking, is so good for Rory McIlroy. Uh, he has made some changes. He's changed his swing slightly, hitting the ball very well, putted unreal last week. Of course, he knows this golf course. I think he'll be a little disappointed that he hit it in the water on 18. He would have liked to have got that down the middle and proved everything that he needed to himself, but it was a great win for McElroy, no doubt. Well, he didn't hit it, hit it in the water on 18. It, it stayed dry, but he was in a, a very difficult position and, and took the drop and then pulled off a great shot. But for Rory, as you say, and we've said it for weeks now, that it, you, we couldn't put him in our top 10 because he hadn't shown us anything that really warranted his place to be there. Not only he hadn't showed us anything, but he talked about the fact that he was really lacking something and he'd been searching, as you say, Pete Cowan, his new coach, they'd been working together after that miscut at the Masters. But it was like the magic of Rory days gone by. I mean, he's won here now three times. He knows the course well. It was the home of his first ever win on the PGA Tour. And every single part of his game really came together. Yeah, and we talked about everyone knows Rory swing well, where he gets to the top of his swing and he has a slight shift more to the inside and plays that draw that he loves to do. And they talked yesterday on the telecast about how he's trying to hit more of a fade shot. But really, when he made the corner and birdied 15, uh, 14 and 15 to go two ahead, 
we were going to get to see on 16, 17, 18, how those changes came in, handled it. No worries. 17, he went, they, they were fouled and they were talking about, will he go for the new fade shot? No, he went for his standard draw, overdid it a little bit on 18, got a little bit lucky. I suppose that it didn't go in. I suppose it didn't matter because he had to drop it. Uh, and he was able to escape with a five, but that's why he had a two shot lead uh, going into the final hole. And now, McElroy is the is the nightmare to bet on because you bet on him every week, every week, and he does nothing, and then they all lay off of him, and then he wins. So now McElroy going back to the PGA next week will probably be the favourite, of course, that he won the tournament uh, by eight strokes the last time he was there. Yeah, the odds have been massively slashed for McElroy at the PGA Championship next week. But I think the, the main kind of concern with his game and maybe the thing that was letting him down over the past couple of months was short irons, wedges. I mean, we know that he can blast it you know, 330, 40, 350 down there. But he wasn't capitalising on that distance by getting it close to the hole. And then the putting was a little bit iffy and he couldn't convert. So that seemed to be rectified and, and he was managing that part of his game a lot better. Yeah, and I think, Diane, McElroy was a benefit. He, he was benefited by when, when he came on the scene and Tiger Woods was number one and Rory was able to just take a run all the way up the hill to Tiger and just be sort of under his wing, so to speak, and just knocked off tournament after tournament. And then I think when, you know, Tiger, you know, was off the scene for quite a while and Rory took over, I don't think he was that comfortable being up there. He didn't have anyone to chase. Mm -hmm. And now he's sort of going to go chase his old form again. So to me, a lot of this is all about mental for Rory. And I think everyone, him included, will kind of concur that once he's motivated, once he gets the right swing shape in the end, then basically Rory's the favourite almost every week. Yeah. And he did say that he's he feeds off the energy from the fans and he's very motivated by that. And, I mean, he said it in his post-round interview on Sunday that having the fans in Charlotte, where they love him. I mean, we talked about the fact that he's won there twice before. They were all very much pro-Rory and he fed off that. It was Mother's Day. It's the first Mother's Day with this little baby Poppy who was there. She was crying afterwards, but very, very cute. So it was a, a lovely a lovely win for him to get and almost to say, okay, guys, I'm back. And it was a big tournament. I mean, let's face it, this was a very hard test. I mean, guys were talking about how hard the golf course was. 10 under par won the tournament last week. I think even par was around 20th. You hardly ever see even par make the cut anymore, Diane. So we are now going to move away from a super hard course. We're going to go course this week we don't know much about. We're going to try to break it down for you. But the Byron Nelson tournament, Diane, used to be a premier stop on the PGA Tour. AT&T changed its position, took it away from uh, Los Colinas, went out the one side of Dallas. Now, where are we, Diane? We are up in north part of Dallas at McKinney, Texas. We are going to talk about that, but you're taking away my glory moment here because there's a few things that I want to note from last week. Good. First of all, my favourite was Victor Hovland, who ended up finishing in a tie for third after final round 67. So... I'm just going to say well done to me for that. You're, you had boldly claimed that it was going to be the week that Tony Finau was going to win. 
missed the cut altogether. It was a terrible tournament for him. The other one that I want to talk about quickly is Aaron Wise, who was one of our dark horse picks, and he ended up finishing in a tie for ninth, 68-69 over the weekend. So really, all in all, some of our picks did pretty well. Yeah, my pick was terrible. I thought after... Uh, his great run in New Orleans, Finnau would be there with a long, long drive and didn't have to putt well. Kind of suit, thought about, you know, you don't have to putt as good to, to get to 10 under, but that 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 collapsed. Uh, I had a couple of people text me, Diane, some of our big, big bettors. They said, I think I'm just going to listen to Diane's dark horse picks <laughs> with wise answer was up there. Um, Keith Mitchell, we didn't pick him, but, you know, some of these guys... Uh, were coming up from the below were, were, you know, a perfect opportunity for some of these guys. And we have talked about Mitchell a lot over the past couple of weeks. So I think that there's definitely, you know, even though we didn't really mention him in our tour report for then we can, Then we can't take any credit if we didn't mention We him. can't, but we do. We have been talking about his resurgence over the past few weeks. Um, Bryson DeChambeau, we had picked him as one of our favourites. 70-74 Thursday, Friday. He flew home to Dallas, got a workout in his home gym, had to fly all the way back because the cup moved to plus two. Then Bryson just manages to, like, that workout obviously paid off because he propelled himself up into the top 10 and finished in a tie for ninth. Bryson is going to feature heavily in our tour report because we mentioned Dallas, his home. As you said, we're in McKinney, Texas this week for the AT&T Byron Nelson, and we will give you our full tour report with all of our picks Get in the game on the SG Tour Golf Gaming app and play four ball. It's a classic stroke play competition based on the aggregate scores of four players. Who makes your team? Well, pick four guys, one from each tier based on the current world golf rankings. Want a tip? You need four guys to make the cut. Get in the game on the SG Tour Golf Gaming app, available on iOS in the App Store. Right, well, this week our show is, um, well, it's a little bit of more of a challenge, only because the tournament is moving to a different course. Now, you can go into the history, but last year the tournament was cancelled because of COVID, and this year they've moved it to a new course, TBC Craig Ranch in McKinney, Texas. The tournament's going to be here for the next five years. So we will uh, we'll get a good footprint or roadmap for it this week um, going forward. But yeah, tell us about the history of the AT&T Byron Nelson, because it's, such, it's always been such a great tournament on the tour schedule yeah the AT&T Byron Nelson uh course when when I was playing the tour Byron Nelson was still alive and he would greet us up in Dallas and at Los Colinas a famous uh, legendary place to go play a tournament and they moved this tournament AT&T did um away from the Los Colinas and they built a new course out of town um Trinity Forest, a Ben Crenshaw course. And it kind of flopped, to be honest with you, Diane. Ben Crenshaw did a great course, but it was too far out for the people to go and attend it what they used to. Byron Nelson had the biggest crowd, the prettiest crowd. All the girls would come to the Byron Nelson, which bought all the boys, which bought <laughs> all the beer, and all the golfers. They all wanted to be at the Byron Nelson. So it kind of flopped a little bit, uh, Diane, out at Trinity Forest. And now they've moved it to McKinney, Texas. The and for us to handicap this event, 
this week is is a little tricky because this course has has had some tournaments, but they've been the corn ferry events. We'll talk about those uh, in a minute. But so how do we how do we come up with who's the favorites this week? We have to first ask ourselves, Diane, who has the advantage this week? And it's the homeboys, the Texas boys will probably feature higher because they are from this area. They know this golf course. So that automatically gives them a slight advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, you talk about this course. We've seen it a couple of times. You mentioned the Corn Ferry Tour. It was used to host the, well, back when it was the nationwide tour, their tour championship, the big finals in 2008. Then it became the web.com and their big tour finals were here in 2012. You will see some familiar names in those leaderboards and we're going to talk about them. You know, there's a lot of the guys that finished well in those events that are in the field this week. So, you know, we're going to take that. We've also looked at the scoring and um, it looks like it's going to be low scoring it's going to be a little bit of a Texas shootout yeah so we know that 16 under par 14 15 16 won the corn ferry events nationwide as you noted there back then so we figure that the that's four under each day so we figure it'll be a little bit more with the PGA Tour so let's call it five under each day let's call it 20 under for the week and how do you get to 20 under Diane well to me, you've got to be able to putt the ball well. And I think when you start to think about who's in form and who has the advantage being from Texas, I'm not just picking just just Texas people, but there just happen to be a ton of good players that live in Dallas. You already mentioned Bryson DeGembeau lives right down the road. We're going to be talking about Bryson. There's another guy, however, Diane, that is affiliated with the AT&T company that will probably be well and truly at the top of the board this week. Is it true? Possibly? Um, here's a quick question for you. When there, and I know that we have um, another PGA Tour event coming up soon that's going to be at a brand new course in place of the Canadian Open. When tour players see new courses on the schedule, how how much do they want to go and play that course before the tournament rolls around? Or do they just basically do their research, practice rounds, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Yeah, I think... It's a good question. They'd like to get over there and play this one. I don't think they have had the chance, but the, of course, as I talked, I'm looking this week, it's raining tomorrow, which is all going to play into this, this breakdown we have this week. Tomorrow's going to be wet. So the guys may not even get on the golf course tomorrow. That's going to be a big job for the caddies to get out and say, okay, guys, here's how we're going to play this. Here's how we're going to play this course. I heard in 08 at the, uh, at the Nationwide, this is how they play this whole. So you get a sort of a roadmap, Diane, but I want informed players. I want Texas guys, and I'm going to weigh heavily on guys that sort of have a little bit of history on this golf course. Now, Elk, this is a Tom Weiskopf design. So just hearing that, what does that tell you about the course? My friend Tom Weiskopf is a great designer, Diane. He always designs big courses, but what I like about a Weiskopf course is he tells you what you have to do visually when you get on the tee. He'll put trouble here and he'll put trouble over there and he'll ask you to shape that ball to get it into play. And that, that as you go around the golf course, totally fair designer gives you great images off the tee of what he's asking you to do. So he likes to make you move the ball right to left and left to right. He he tries to test you shots over bunkers, tight pins, wide pins. He's very strategic, Weisskopf. I just absolutely love Weisskopf design courses. 
Good. I mean, that already has just taught us so much about a course that's a new stop on the PGA Tour. Um, as we said in the start, we have seen it twice before. If you were paying attention to the 2008 Nationwide Tour Championship, the big finals, and in 2012 when it was a web.com, this is where that was held. So immediately that's going to throw up some names that um, that we're going to look at. Colt Nost, actually, is one of our Secret Golf contributors. He finished tied for third in 2008. So Mark Leishman finished in a tie for seventh. And then um, there's some other names from 2012 that we will talk about as we go through. But we know a little bit about it. We look at those scores. We know that the scoring is going to be fairly low. So what are the main stat categories that we're going to look at this week? Well, you just mentioned Colt Noss there, and, and I saw I know some other medium-range hitters. I looked at the history of this event, and so that tells me, just like a Wisecroft course, asking players to play strategy off the tee, can't just smash it down there anywhere. So Colt happens to be one of the shortest players on the tour when he played. Very good putter. He was actually the, the best putter inside of 10 feet of the whole tour. The whole PGA Tour was Colt Noss. So... Uh, we're going to be looking at driving accuracy and driving distance combined. We're going to be looking at greens and reg. But I think, Diane, the most important stat is how do you get to 20 under? Probably that's the only way we can evaluate this week. It's putting. Yeah. Birdie, birdie chances. How many chances do you get per day? Do I get 15 greens in reg? Do I get 15 putts at it? And who's putting well enough? Who Who's good at doing those kind of things? So who play smart enough to get the looks they need. Right, well, we're going to dive right into our re-ranked top 10. And our number one is Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth just being the Dallas golfing hero, pretty much. I mean, Bryson lives near the course, but the fans love Jordan. He won in Texas at the Valero Texas Open not long ago. And um, well, I mean, there's no other place we could put him apart from bang at the top this week. Well, I don't, I don't know if Jordan's played this course, but I'm betting he has because he grew up in Dallas. But he's the most motivated. He represents AT&T. He's the most rested. He's the best putter <laughs> in the field. And he's already won in Texas. And it's going to be windy. And he knows the course. So all that, Diane, of course, Jordan Spieth is going to be sitting on top of the list. He won in Texas, as you said. He played very well at the Masters. He's gotten over all of his problems with his driving I think everything points to him being at least the favorite on our book this week his uh, that's that's been the question mark for a while and his total driving stat still on the PGA Tour is 183rd so it's a very high stat but as you say he's rested he hasn't been playing as much since he got that win and gearing up for the PGA Championship next week but do you think that is a slight concern on this course this week well Jordan went through a patch where he drove it terrible and he started to pull out of it. And of course, if you have stats that are 180th in you know driving accuracy, and then you start to get go out of it and you start to win, those stats, Diane, they're not going to change for six months or eight months to pull back. So you've got to dig a little deeper. You've got to say, well, how's he driving it right now? That's all that I'm really interested in. And I know that Jordan's been working on a couple of things. I know what he's doing with his swing. He's going to get good at it. He's so gifted, but let's face it, Diane, even when he misses the fairway, he's still a genius. He's, he is the absolute Seve Ballesteros of uh, our tour. And, Best part we um, have. 
We talk about Colt Nost and Colt's doing great working for CBS and Golf Channel right now, hearing him on the telecast every week. He's such good friends with Jordan Smith. Yeah, we said that Colt's played the course before and finished third here in the in the uh, nationwide finals way back in 08. But I'm sure they've talked about it as well. And as you say, we'd be extremely surprised if Jordan hasn't gone out there and played the course. He, Jordan will know everything. He, like I said, he's, he's motivated the most. He's with AT&T. He will be involved in this tournament. Yeah. all the way and he'll have played this course probably two or three or four times in the last two weeks getting ready for this event coming in at number two is bryson dechambeau get that out of the way because we've said that he lives close by elk i think the story of him last week flying home from charlotte <laughs> after he thought he was going to miss the cut i saw um, a lot of people had screenshotted his instagram story because he was like well i just flew home for a quick workout not talking about the fact that he thought he missed the cut and he bailed early but um then he flew back and had a great weekend around quail hollow by the way that has happened so many times on tour where guys have thought they've missed the cut and left. I'll give you one. Billy Ray Brown and I were playing together in Indicott, New York. We were roommates in college and he was going to miss the cut or I was going to miss the cut in Indicott, New York. Our football team was playing very close to, uh, they were playing in Syracuse, New York the next day. And we looked at one another on about the 15th hole. And I think I said to him, I said, hey, if we both missed the cut, we could go to the football tomorrow. <laughs> So we kind of we kind of took a dive coming in so we could leave. So this happens all the time. It wasn't a big deal. Of course, it was a big deal because Bryson had to fly up in his private jet, did a workout and Instagrammed it. I wouldn't have told anyone. But he did come back and have a great weekend. And the most dangerous thing with Bryson DeJambeau is to bet on him when he first comes out of a three-week break. And he did it again to us, but he got lucky and made the cut. Yeah. I think he's over it, Diane. He got through it and now he's back on form and watch out because he's um, just down the street he can work out all he wants and he's going to be fine i wondered that too like why tell anyone he could have easily passed it off and nobody i mean someone might have found out in the kind of inner golf circle and talked but he didn't need to make a big deal out of it anyway it's funny things we know that things that he does just amuses us and entertains us a little bit more each week on the pga but tour but by the way, he flew back and made the cut and he finished ninth. $220,000 he won for finishing ninth, Diane. I've won less for winning tournaments. So it's a very lucrative flight back. Yeah, well, that covers the cost of flying private, I'm sure. Okay, then. Right, coming in at number three in our re-ranking this week is Sam Burns, a recent winner. It's great to say that because we've championed Burns for such a long time, but he won at the Valspar round, a very challenging Innisbrook, took last week off. So he's going to be back. You know, he'll have people saying congratulations on the win. He's going to be full of confidence and feeling refreshed. Yeah, we talked at the top here. We have no course knowledge. These players haven't played the course. So what do we go with? We're going with form. Sam Burns just won at Innisbrook. Yep. The guy played on a very difficult golf course. And we have guys that are really expert at the southern conditions. Wind, Bermuda grass, that's all over it for Sam Burns. He's earned the right. I mean, he should. He could have been number one if Jordan wasn't representing AT&T. But Sam Burns has found himself now as a true winner. He had given up a bunch of leads over four or five times. He was leading after 36 holes, had a three-shot lead at L.A. with eight holes to go. Boom. Now he's a winner. 
and he's on his way. And just extremely impressive to watch him go and win at the Valspar a few weeks ago. So no reason why that form is not going to continue. Okay, well, we know that very few guys have played the course that the tournament is held on this year. But this one definitely has. Plus, he has winning momentum on his side too. Mark Leishman finished in a tie for seventh in 2008 for the Nationwide Tour Finals and won with his partner Cam Smith at the Zurich Classic just a few weeks ago. Yes, so Leishman broke the mold a little bit. He's not a, you know, a Texas guy, hasn't didn't play last week, but yes, you noted he won 2 weeks ago in New Orleans. He also, as you said, finished in the top 10 here, so he knows the golf course. Yes. There's one guy that has a huge advantage. And what is that advantage? Is it one stroke per nine? Probably two a day. So eight strokes over the rest of the field, maybe five strokes. So it's a five stroke advantage when you know the golf course, particularly someone like Leishman, who's very clever, very good up and down man, very good putter. Yes, Leishman is a certain bet this week. Okay, so he's our number four. And then coming in at number five is a Texan, for sure. Again, who played pretty well at the Zura Classic. He was defending champion with his partner, John Ram. Ryan Palmer um, knows these conditions back to front. Ryan Palmer is a Texas expert. I mean, he's a long hitter. He's a member at the Colonial Golf Club, not very far from this one. He'll have played this course. He's from Dallas. He knows all about it. He knows how to play the play this course, play the win, putt on these greens. Yes, Ryan Palmer is having a terrific year, almost gets better each year with age. I remember five, six, seven years ago, we were talking about Ryan Palmer. Well, well is he going to cruise on to the Champions Tour? What's he going to do? No, it's gone the opposite. He's he's turned everything around, and now he's probably one of the best players on tour for his age there ever was. It's fantastic to see Ryan Palmer playing. His stats well. are so solid. I think he's probably playing the best he's ever played in his golfing career. So, of course, we've got him in there. So that's our top five. Jordan Spieth, Bryson DeChambeau, Sam Burns, Mark Leishman, and Ryan Palmer. Still to come, we'll run through the rest of our re-ranked top ten. We will give you our sizzlers as well. A lot of high-value picks and some dark horse knowledge for you too. Coming in at number six, well, I mean, he's just been back in his homeland of Japan and he is now royalty over there, as if he wasn't before, but Hideki Matsuyama just received a top honour from the Prime Minister. I mean, (laughs) that master's victory for him it's like a fairy tale. It really is. And now he's back playing this week in Texas. He's a different guy when he walks on this golf course uh, this week. He's going to get to see all of his peers for the first time. Diane, he left Sunday night out of Augusta or Monday morning after Augusta. We haven't seen him for a month. Hasn't done an interview in the U.S. I mean, he is going to be bombarded, but he'll be used to it. He's been in Japan doing interviews and hope he's had a little bit of practice. But there's no way we can leave out Matsuyama out of the top 10, Diane. He played so great at the Masters. What's going to be of him this week? I don't know. He could. He hits it so straight. Will he be able to handle all this time off? I don't know. But he's still got to be riding a high, and he's going to catch a lot more momentum off all the other tour players. They're going to see him for the first time, and he's going to realize when he gets to the first tee on Thursday, he's going to be introduced as the current 
Masters champion. Like his fingers bumped. I'm excited for his caddy as well because the way that he conducted himself and honoured Augusta National by bowing down on the 18th green, I mean, I just love it. The whole thing was an amazing story and it's going to be really nice to see that dynamic duo back in action this week. The week before the second major of the year as well. Okay, I have a good fact about our number seven guy this week. He's a Texas boy. Scotty Scheffler, and I'm not going to take any credit for this, and I'm going to give Jason Sobel on Twitter the, the credit that he deserves because he tweeted this morning that when Scotty Scheffler was nine years old, he actually played at TPC Craig Ranch and he won the age seven to nine division of the Metro Area Championship here. So he knows the course. <laughs> See, you've got to have inside information, Diane. <laughs> Scotty Scheffler has been playing great golf. Um, he played super golf at the at the uh, match play, got beaten in the final. But he's a Texas guy. He lives in Dallas. He can handle the wind. He is a high ball hitter. Great. I mean, the guy knows everything there is to know. He's in good form. I mean, I, we've said it at the top. In good form, local guy, yeah. knows the course. Going up on the board. And first in total driving on the PGA Tour. I mean, if you if it's a course that you don't know all that well, I mean, Scheffler obviously does, but us watching it and us handicapping it, if it's a course that we're not familiar with, you look at, you know, being number one in such an important start on the tour and you know that this guy's going to figure it out fairly quickly. Um, the next guy on our list is number two in total driving, but terrible week for him round Quail Hollow. And really on paper, it was going to set up very well for his game. But John Ram comes in at number eight this week. Yeah, it was a bad week, as you noted. You know, he's he just have a new baby. And after Augusta, he had a couple of weeks off. And I know what it's like to have a new baby and try to play the tour. And OK, all right. So Ram had a blowout week last week in a bad way. He'll be thinking ahead of the PGA, but he needs to fix whatever was wrong last week. Very difficult golf course. This one will be a little different. Ram drives the ball excellent. He just needs to get back to basics. It's a little bit of a dangerous pick, Diane, if you're going to pick him as your top guy this week in your in your in your pool or wherever you're betting on. But Ram, uh, I got an inkling, Diane, that he'll be pretty chapped off about last week, and he'll be looking to get back in action. Yeah. Um, incidentally, we haven't really mentioned odds yet, but John Ram is 10 to 1. So is Bryson. Uh, Jordan Spieth, 12 to 1. Actually, our highest is Ryan Palmer at 50 to 1, which we haven't ranked at number five. I think those odds are amazing for Ryan Palmer. Excellent. Yeah. Okay, coming in at number nine, another guy who's 10 to 1, and it's no surprise you see his name, and there's he can't be any higher than that. Dustin Johnson in the field this week. As we said, you know, a really solid field the week before the PGA. Yes, and I think DJ um, has been off. I've seen him on Instagram uh, swimming and having fun and being relaxed. Again, I have to look at what the motivation is, Diane. We have to talk about Dustin Johnson. He's ranked number one player in the world. Is he getting ready for next week uh, for the PGA? And what is he doing this week? But I think things will be a lot more serious for him. I think he'll be more focused this week. I look at I look for a decent week out of DJ this week. This is, you know, this is not a hard golf course. He's not going to get tripped up in different places. This is a course, you, once you get going, he can keep it going. So let's see what he's got. 
Okay, and then to round off our top 10, we have another guy who's 50 to one. He's won this tournament before, but as we say, this is a completely new course for 2021. He plays a lot in Texas because he lives in Austin, but we have Sergio Garcia at number 10. Sergio Garcia does really well on courses where they're sort of not muddy, you know, he comes from Spain, they, they play on very narrow golf courses. He's able to score relatively easy on these sort of easy type courses. Sergio is a superior striker of the golf ball. It's always about his putting with him, but he lives in Texas. So I just sort of put him on this spot here, Diane. I moved him into this position because I thought he's thinking about next week. He's a super player. Uh, he's having a good year. You know, he's played well all year. It's just all about the putting. So yeah, Sergio Garcia rounds out our top 10. Right, well, that is our whole top 10 then. I'll give you the lot. Jordan Spieth, Bryson DeChambeau, Sam Burns, Mark Leishman, Ryan Palmer, Hideki Matsuyama, Scotty Scheffler, John Ram, Dustin Johnson, and Sergio Garcia. Coming up next, well, we're going to talk about another big name in the field who hasn't made it into our top 10 this week. We also have some sizzlers and some dark horse picks with a lot of value this week for the AT&T Byron Nelson. Play Money Grabber on the SG Tour. Instead of strokes, it's all about the cash. You pick a team of four players, one from each tier, and scoring is based on the money that your team wins. Your guys missed the cut? No problem, you're still in the game. The SG Tour Golf Gaming App, available on iOS in the App Store. Well, we get to see a brand new course on the PGA Tour this week in TPC Craig Ranch. It's the AT&T Byron Nelson in McKinney, Texas. And we're giving you our tour report. I'm Diane Knox and I'm joined by Steve Elkington. We've, uh, we've gone through our whole re-ranked top 10 elk, but Brooks Kepka is one of the big names in the field this week and he didn't feature in our 10. Last time we saw Kepka was the Masters, where really he struggled through with uh, with that injury that he was still recovering from and surgery. And it was, I mean, I think it's evident now, but it was just too soon for him to be back out there. Yes, indeed. I mean, of course, we, we said to you, we said on the show that it would not it was not going to happen for him at the Masters, and it did not. It was too early for him, Diane. Think about this. He played two rounds at Augusta, and a month later, another 30 days or 35 days before we see him again. Yeah. And here he is this week. So I just hope the guy feels strong and he's feeling fit enough to play 72 holes this week. But Brooks Kepka will be evaluating his game this week, not on whether he can compete for a win. He's going to be thinking about getting back in action. Is the knee okay? Can I play four days in a row? He's looking ahead. So this week, we've put him on our, on the bench, so to speak, Diane. We have to see more from him. Let's see if he can play 72 holes. Let's see if he can get the feel back because let's face it, how do you hit these wedge shots, all the chip shots, under pressure, all this different stuff going on? But mainly, it's all about the leg. Yeah, and we know how much Kepka loves the PGA Championship. I mean, he's won it twice. So, the, you know, that next week is going to be such a motivating factor just to get the game really in shape. I'm thinking about the second major of the year. A good goal for him this week is to make it through without any recurring pain in his leg and to play 72 holes. That, I would think, any reasonable person would think would be a good goal for Brooks Kepka this week. 
Okay, right, so we are gonna go into our sizzlers, guys that really did jump up our re-ranking. And because this is a course that nobody really knows all that well, it's never been played before on the PGA Tour, we have a lot of other factors that we're taking into account this week and I'm excited about the list that we've got going. So first up, Aaron Wise. He was my dark horse pick last week for the Wales Fargo and well, he only finished ninth. That was pretty good <laughs> and didn't have a great Thursday, Friday, but my gosh, the weekend, 68-69. Aaron Wise won this tournament in 20. 18, albeit at a completely different course, but he's gonna have some winning memory being back with the AT&T Byron Nelson brand, and he's come into some really good form. Yes, you're right on everything you just said. Aaron Wise is a sort of a player that maybe not everyone knows about. Came out of University of Oregon, was a national champion there, won the individual championship. Um, won this event so we know he can handle the southern turf the putting and so on but more than anything diane he's in good form as you noted he, he played some of the best golf of anyone over the last 36 holes on the hardest course that they played all year on tour so how does that work for him he's going to walk out there this week he's hitting it perfect just beat everybody to pieces uh on the weekend at, at quail hollow and this was going to be cake walk for him uh this week so yes it's a very good pick the only thing that he struggled with on Sunday was his approach, but his greens and reg is really good on the PGA Tour. I mean, he's seventh, but he played solid, as you said, through the entire bag. So, I mean, he just has to really take that forward and it's got to be cool, even though it is a different course. This is where he got this tournament is where he got his first PGA Tour win. So those memories are going to come back too. I'm sort of sensing that you like this pick a lot more because you 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 had a good one last week and you just you, you're milking this a little bit extra. Yeah, I will stop. <laughs> yes, we like him as a sizzler. Sixty-six to one. I was big on Adam Wise, obviously, but the next sizzler I was even bigger on for this week, Luke List. Again, really good week around Quail Hollow. And you have to be such a premium ball striker. And he proved that. He's a monster hitter off the tee. But he ended up finishing in a tie for sixth. And in 2012, when he played in the Web.com Tour Finals at this course, he finished in a tie for 13th. So he knows it. Good form. Played the course. Yeah. Those two, those are those are two good things. So, yes, he hits the ball a mile. But yesterday, a young player playing with the U.S. Open, past U.S. Open champ Gary Woodland, very close to the lead in the tournament. CBS cameras all over you. I think he just got a little bit out of rhythm at the end and finished sixth. But yes, he's playing great golf. He, I mean, on a different course, on a different day, he could have played a lot different yesterday. But it just. It's a lot more pressure playing in, the, in those last groups on the weekend. Rory did what he had to do, overtook the two-shot two deficit he was on. Mitchell has all the experience. Let's see Keith Mitchell step forward and use what he learned yesterday or Sunday and see if he can do something more with it this week. And you mentioned Gary Woodland. He maybe felt the pressure a little bit as well because he fell away just on the, the final stretch, really, and ended up finishing solo fifth, which is great for him after the injury problems that he's had. And he said that he hit rock bottom after the Valspar. So to then get that finish was amazing for him. 
you do feel pressure, Diane, and it has a lot to do with how you're playing. Like when you play in super golf, you don't feel that much. But when you start to struggle a little bit and you know that you can't win the tournament and you've got to play the last five holes at Quail Hollow decent to make a huge check, it's stressful. It's very stressful. So, And we saw that. I mean, it wasn't over yesterday for even Rory. Uh, we had all the stress that he had on 18 yesterday. Uh, well, the list is 60 to 1. And our third sizzler is 66 to 1. He was the one playing with Rory in the final round at the Wales Fargo. Ended up finishing in a tie for third. I mean, on the in the round on Sunday... He started so strong, dipped a little bit, but then came back, bogeyed 17, which kind of left it wide open for McElroy on the 18th tee with a two-shot lead over Abraham Anser, who was nicely in the clubhouse. But Keith Mitchell is another one that we've been tracking a bit since the Honda Classic after the players this year, and his form is just getting better and better. He's playing great. And the CBS guys, Nance and Faldo, were talking about how much he was waggling and was he nervous and all this, but... I watched it very closely uh, on the last six or seven holes. He still played really good golf, Diane. He's hitting the ball good. He's swinging really free. Mitchell has some unfinished business. Again, he takes, he checks the boxes for us. These may be obvious to everyone and they say, oh, well, yeah, he played finished second yesterday, whatever, or third. But yes, he, he just missed out on getting into PGA. I just, uh, with his, what he finished, fourth place yesterday, just finished the PGA. So he's going to play this week and have a forced break. So we're going to put everything he can into this event this week. Yeah. Okay, then. So our three sizzlers for the AT&T Byron Nelson, Aaron Wise at 66 to 1, Luke List at 60 to 1, and Keith Mitchell, 66 to 1. So a lot of value in those sizzlers. Well, we're on to the final part of our tour report this week, and it's time for the Dark Horse Picks. Have I mentioned already that my Dark Horse Pick was Aaron Wise last week, who got a top 10 finish? Just say it. Yes, you have. <laughs> and the good thing about these Dark Horses is, I think, you know, we're not saying outright winner, but there's definitely value in saying a top 10 finish, top 15 finish. So anyway, that would have paid out pretty big last week. <laughs> I... I said it already, Diane. A lot of people have texted me saying that they I should just listen to your dark horse picks and pick top tens from you guys because that's where all that's where all the easy money is, is what they're saying. Let's make the money. Okay, well, we've said already with TBC Craig Ranch this week that we are big on people who have played it before and have had a little bit of success here. And our first dark horse pick fits both categories. 125 to one. Ben Martin. Now, he finished in a tie for 11th last week around Quail Hollow. And in 2012, for the Web.com Tour Championship, he ended up finishing in a tie for 13th alongside Luke List, who's one of our sizzlers this week. But Ben Martin found some great form last week. He's taking that forward to a course that he has had some success around. Yeah, we talked about all during this show who has the advantage on a course that nobody knows. And we've got good form and guys that have played here before. So, yes, Ben Martin has started to emerge. I don't even know Ben Martin. I can't picture his swing inside of my head, but I follow along with everyone else on our team talking about these young emerging players. Ben Martin is doing it. He's playing great. He played a great tournament last week at Wells, Wells Fargo, and he knows this golf course. 
Um, he's, as we say, finished T11th last week. He finished um, t- tied for ninth at the Punta Cana tournament. I'm just looking at his money for the season so far. 334,000, 162nd in the FedEx Cup rank. So his goal has to be that 125, as a lot of those guys obviously have that as their goal. So he needs some continuous form to try and chase that. Well, you're right. And what you just said there is very important. I'll give you an example. 165, you said, in FedEx? 162. My other friend, Jason Duffner, who's, I think, 170th, very experienced player, is not playing this week, but I'll give you an example of two players going different directions. Ben Martin is is in good form. He needs to play well. That's I'm, I'm into motivation. That means he's motivated. He knows the golf course and he's in good form. Those are three... Three strikes for him. My, my friend, Jason Duffner, who's not playing this week, but he had a bad last round. Wells Fargo, I think he shot six over yesterday. He doesn't have the momentum, so he's got to regather it again. I'm looking for players that are automatically probably going to come out the first day and play great. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, well, we have Ben Martin at 125 to 1 as a dark horse. Our next one is 350 to 1. We've talked before about... The course and, you know, with it being a new course, we've said this so many times now that it's important, you know, guys that have played it before. This guy is defending champion of the tournament. He won in 2019. Also, this is his home club. So he's going to see pictures of himself everywhere this week. He's going to be interviewed as the defending champion. And it's a course that he knows maybe better than anyone else. So Sun Kang is our second dark horse. If we look at Sun Kang on the list, we can't put him anywhere. (laughs) But when he's a member of this golf course, Diane, that has to equate for something. And I've already talked about it. One stroke of nine. Okay. So he, he knows the most about this golf course. So yes, he's moved way up. That's like statistics. That's like form. He knows exactly where to hit it off every hole. He knows exactly what the putts are going to do. He doesn't have to look at a greens reading book. He doesn't have to do anything. He knows everything there is. So yes, this is the best long dark horse pick of all time. And incredible odds, 350 to one. I mean, (laughs) amazing. So again, value in like maybe a top 10 or a top 20. So Sun Kang is our second one. And then our third dark horse pick, I'm handing this completely over to you because you know this guy. You have mentioned this guy's name to me for probably the past two and a bit years, but Cole Hammer is in the field this week. And it's going to be great to see him playing on the PGA Tour. Tell us about Cole. Oh, Cole Hammer is a member of my club, the Champions Club here. He's a young man, a great kid. He's he's really sort of a um, a giant beater. He's He beats all the top players. He just finished at the Walker Cup. He won three matches. He was the clinched the, the final match yesterday to win the Cup. He was tied once, so he's basically undefeated at the Walker Cup, plays at the University of Texas. But, Diane, he... He's only a, a small in stature guy. Probably doesn't weigh but 160 pounds. And I think he tried to bulk up a little bit last year and he kind of ruined his game. And we had a little bit of a talk about, hey, let's just get back to being Cole Hammer. Mm-hmm. And he did it again. He plays bigger than he is. And I'm just putting him in here this week, Diane, because I just know Cole Hammer. He's from and he knows how to play. And he's sort of like a Tom Kite, a Ben Crenshaw, not that big a man, but big when he comes to playing. 
I actually um, I interviewed him. I was working at a college event last year in Vegas, right before the pandemic really hit, and Cole Hammer was out there, and he played great. I think final day, he did not play well at all, and he was really disappointed. But what a lovely guy. He's kind of like the next wave. Um, if you think about like Morikawa and Hovland and Wolf, he played in that NCAA tournament with them when a couple of years ago when they came as emerging stars to join the tour. Cole Hammer is almost like that next wave that's going to come up. Well, Cole Hammer probably two years ago, Diane, was the number one amateur in the world. I don't know what he is today, maybe in the top 15, but still he carries a big stick, Cole Hammer. He's a little man, but putts good. I think they talked about on the telecast. I watched the Walker Cup, Diane. He anchored almost every match. I mean, Nathaniel Crosby knows how good Cole Hammer plays put him all the way in the back with all the pressure and he just delivered every match. Now I know he was playing other amateurs from your neck of the woods, Diane, but <laughs> that's a lot of pressure and Cole Hammer will be on the PGA tour. You will see him soon on the tour. And this is just going to be a little snapshot this week and it's in his backyard, so to speak. So I'm all over Cole Hammer. Uh, as you say, he was the number one ranked amateur in the world. He's 14th right now. And just when you Google his name, um, there's headlines after the Walker Cup saying he's back, a renewed hammer. And so it's cool. There's there's a, a bit of buzz around him and it's going to be brilliant to see him go out there and see how his game stacks up on the PGA Tour against the other guys. Absolutely. I, there, there's, there's no flies on Cole Hammer. He's going to be fine. A 275 to 1 as well. So our dark horses are Ben Martin, Sun Kang and Cole Hammer. Right, Elk. So this week we're excited to see TBC Craig Ranch. And then next week, it's an important one because it's the second major of 2021 and the one that you won the PGA Championship. Yes, I did, Diane. And by the way, I won't be doing my drawings this week because I have not played this golf course and I don't know what to do on that course. So... <laughs> But I'm going to have them ready for next week. Yeah, and we're going to talk to a few people over the next couple of days as well. So, I don't know, maybe I'll pull something together by the weekend. <laughs> maybe. I'm going, to, I'm going to call Colt Noss. He knows everything about this course. Okay. He's from McKinney, Texas. Perfect. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.